Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my mad grab for power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. So am I. No, wait, I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Let's be How's honest. Going? If it wasn't for you, we our discussions would suck. Our discussions would definitely suck. Well, I feel like we could probably talk in a vacuum and still enjoy it. Oh, um, sure. Yeah. But I it agree. makes it better that there's actually people out there listening and contributing. I 100%, and if it were mathematically possible, 110% agree. The thing you guys don't get to contribute to, unfortunately, at least not in real time, is what are we drinking? Tom, what are you drinking? I think they wish they could, because this is an example of what I'm talking about. I'm having water. What? Wait, I gave you time to go get a drink and you're having water? Yeah. Why? I, sp- I, I spent that time. You don't even want to know. Do you want to know what well, I did? Well, now that you said that, kind of I not. I mean, it's not disgusting or anything. Well, All right. probably not. Um, I ate peanut butter. <laughs> With a spoon straight out of the jar. Uh, um, Are you like low on protein or? Maybe. Maybe I'm craving protein. I was just like, ooh, that peanut butter looks really good. And I got distracted and I ate it. And then I came back downstairs and I forgot to get a drink. I eat a lot of peanut butter. (laughs) Do you know that? Do you know that? Oh, I I saw your Snapchat about the peanut butter jelly time. It was good. That was like the best Snapchat I've ever done. (laughs) I'm really proud of that Snapchat. Uh, Veronica Belmont on Snapchat. If you guys want to follow me, Thomas Ace Detect. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, it was peanut butter and jelly time. It's been peanut butter jelly time a lot in the morning recently um, because, yeah, I don't get a lot of protein because I'm mostly veg. I occasionally eat fish. So yeah. I don't get a ton of protein. I eat and a lot of cheese, fish which morning. is. No. <laughs> it's a lot of tuna fish and peanut butter over here in Veronica Land. Um, I am having a hot toddy, though, tonight. Look at you. Yeah, I mean, medicinal. It it's medicinal. Yeah, I, I kicked that cold that I had last week or Thank two weeks ago. A fortnight um, ago. But I still have a bit of a cough and a sore throat left over. Man, from, I like, had that remnants. cold a week before you. I still have the cough. Ugh. Mostly in the evenings as I'm going off to sleep. It's like... <gasps> I Yeah, I get it at night and I get it. It's bad first thing in the morning still. Yeah. I'm sure they really care about our coughs. They care. They love us. You guys I, well, care, right? We, could, we care we, a little bit. We could talk more. But some of you want to hear the quick burns. You do. Here's the quick burns. Ah, the biggest quick burns is the Life Engineered is out today. Hooray! Hooray! Today being March 1st. Happy St. David's Day, by the way. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So we had, uh, we're going to have J.F. Dubow on the show next week. Uh, He is the author of The Life Engineered. And in case you don't know, The Life Engineered is the first sword and laser slash ink shares collection contest winner to be published. So his book is available on Amazon and in places where books are sold. You can actually get a paperback copy as well. And I'm very, I'm very excited for him. He's, he's great guy, great author. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of the series takes him. If you want to hear about the world in 3594, long after humanity has passed away and the world is ruled by artificial creatures originally created by humans, got to pick up the life engineered. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. We'll have a link in the show notes as always, but we're very proud. We're very excited. Uh, so if 
this sounds like something up your alley. Actually, a lot of you over in Goodreads have already read it and reviewed it, which I think is pretty amazing. A lot of you backed it on Inkshares and got mm-hmm. your copy in advance, awesome. which is amazeballs. Um, so thank you for doing that. And we've got more too. Asteroid made of dragons, an unattractive vampire, all coming up in the next like month and a half. So it's going to be dope. It's an embarrassment of riches. I always Come, thought that was a weird phrase. Coming to you. Especially when you say it the way I just said it. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. a little misleading. A little yeah. misleading there. No, it's it's pretty awesome. We're we're really stoked about that. Uh also kind of stoked about the idea that the Dark Tower got a release date for the movie, January 13th, 2017. Not stoked that it's a January release date, which is usually mm. where you put movies you don't believe in. Uh, but Andy and Tam Mahomey both uh, posted about this on the subreddit. And uh, Idris Elba cast as the gunslinger, Matthew McConaughey officially cast as the man in black. That is amazing. I am, I am, I have not read the book. Uh, wait, no, have I? Yes, I read, the, I read The Dark Tower in fifth grade. So I don't remember it. Other than it Wait, was you read that's good. when you read The Gunslinger was in fifth grade? I read book one in Dark Tower. Is that The Gunslinger? Yes. Oh, then yes, I read it in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. It will uh, also, Stephen King has uh, uh, confirmed the movie will open with the line, uh, uh, with the opening line of the book. No, I, was about I read to it. Find in the opening line. I didn't want to get it wrong. Fifth, sixth, seventh. When's the year? I guess I read it in eighth grade. That makes more sense. I remember very specifically the room I read it in. The line is, the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. So the movie will open with Matthew McConaughey running across the desert, followed by Idris Elba. Oh, can you like picture it in your mind? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I love both. Both of them are pretty great. So I hope this, this ends be, up being a good movie. It'll be. It'll be good. It'll be. Well, I can't say that for certain. But those I are good know. actors. They are both good actors. So good there's start. that. That's a good Give start. Hey, guess what? The what? 2015 Nebula Award nominees have been announced, and also they announced uh, who's going to be Toastmaster of the Nebula Awards. This is not part of our uh, rundown, Tom. Um, so you may not know this, but I know this. Well, look at Reline today. 15. That's what that damn says, it. right? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> oh, it's in the rundown. All right. Well, <laughs> did you really we'll, not know that was there? We'll get there. We'll get to that. It was okay, a lot first of text, of all, Tom. It was a lot of text. Thanks okay? to Rob for posting about the Nebula <laughs> nominees. And thanks to Nokomis.fl for posting about the Toastmaster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the nominees uh, for Best Novel, Raising Cain by Charles E. Gannon. Congrats, Hey, Chuck. we made a new friend at DragonCon this year, and now he's up for a Nebula Award. That's fantastic. See? I'm very I'm very excited for him. It's the sword uh, laser is, bump. Chuck is a good guy. Uh, the Fifth Season by N.K. Jemisin. Uh, Ancillary Mercy by Anne Leckie. So the far, of, all friends of the show. Thank you. At least the Grace of Kings so. by Ken Liu, who's going to be on the show at the end of the month. Oh, my gosh. Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Ah, uh, Bar- uh, the Elephant's Graveyard by Lawrence M. Schoen, who we have we should get not to know had him. on the show. Yeah. And Updraft by Fran Wilde, who we also have not had on the show, but was a finalist uh, for one of the uh, voting sessions we had. So, so we should, Lawrence we and Fran were coming for you. Is what yeah. this means. <laughs> yes, that's what that means. You're on the list now. Uh, you have attracted the the eye of Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. 
<laughs> hey, but also uh, Beth Cato nominated for novella oh, under uh, for Wings of Sorrow and Bone. Um, a lot of great authors on here overall. Uh, oh, and and uh, Nettie or uh, oh, I'm sorry, Nettie. I always say your last name wrong. Oka Rafour, who Okorafor? wrote a or, yes, a Corafor, a Corafor. That sounds good. Um, she wrote a guest blog post for us mm-hmm. as well on SwordandLaser.com. So. Why are we like, I'm like patting our own back for the Nebula nominees, even though I know. we have nothing, we have nothing to do, to do with, with any the Nebula of this. Nominees. We're just being silly. Uh, these, these are fantastic. And they always are. The Nebula Awards, uh, I find to be very satisfying. And there's some great nominees here as well. Uh, Ex Machina, Inside Out, Jessica Jones, Mad Max Fury Road, The Martian, and Star Wars The Force Awakens up for the Dramatic Presentation Awards. Mm-hmm. So. And uh, to, to get to my earlier point, John Hodgman, Toastmaster. What? Really? <laughs> yes. Is that what they were actually were looking for? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for a little little bit of excitement. <laughs> I am excited by this. Actually, I and and my only regret is that it's in Chicago. Uh it's May 12th through the 15th, but it's in Chicago and they go back and forth, right? Sometimes it's in the Bay mm-hmm. Area. I wish this one was in the Bay Area. What are you doing May 12th through the 15th? Nothing yet. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about it. I, I know. Like, that would be really I got fun. friends in Chicago too, so I do, too. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll discuss that later. Uh, Sandra. Sorry. Do you want to do you want to do this one? I want to do this one because I'm a fan of Lee Brackett and fans of Lee Brackett, according to Sandra, can now own the book of Stark. It's a collection of novels and short stories about Iron Man and the people in Winterfell. No, it's it's not those Starks. Different Starks. Uh, It's a collection of novels and short stories about space adventurer Eric John Stark. And they're nice. They're like a slip-covered version, even has some extra stories in it. Are you going to pick this up? I would like to. I'm going to put it on my wish list. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, is that how you ask for things that you don't want to spend money on, but you hope the internet buys you? No, not the internet. It's how I I ask for things that I don't want to buy myself that my sister wants to buy That your sister buys you. I mean, basically, that's what my sister and my brother and Eileen look at my wish list mm-hmm. when it's my birthday or Christmas. How do they know not to buy the same things? But it has happens, a system. So. It has a system that will alert you. As long as they buy it right, Amazon will be like, hey, somebody already bought this, just so you know. But they'll still let you buy it if you're not paying attention, so... Gotcha. Yeah, you, that happened to you where you bought the thing off your own wish list That's, and Eileen bought it, right? That no, it was my happened. sister bought it. But oh, yeah. okay. I forgot that I'd still had it on my wish list. <laughs> Way to go, I Tom. needed it. I needed it for uh, Pretend I'm Dumb About Star Wars, the, the series that I did before The Force Awakens opened. But I forgot I still had it on my wish list and my sister bought it. <laughs> That's I don't sweet. know if she knows that. Sorry, sis. Oh, I don't I don't think she listens. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for uh, contributing stories to the Quick Burns. Uh, if you head over to goodreads.com slash sword and laser, you can pop into the Quick Burns and suggest stories of your own. Uh, yeah, this has been working pretty well. I mean, Tom, you use Reddit for DTNS. Do you feel like that would be a better system for us or should we keep everything centralized in Goodreads? I think this is working. So my mm-hmm. first impulse is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like you guys are amazing in covering all of the things. I put some things on our Flipboard still and mostly anything worth talking about is if I put it on the Flipboard, it's also in the Quick Burn section on Goodreads. Um, you guys can tell us if you've got other ideas of how you'd like to submit things if, if it's easier for you, but this seems to be working well. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, we got an email from Mitchell. 
who says, hi guys, I'm sure I should be more on top of things and post this on Reddit or something. Nope, that would be Goodreads. <laughs> that's, that's the question. Goodreads. Um, I love the show and I'm glad to support it on Patreon. I thought you might be interested in a pretty cool fundraiser with a great sci-fi twist that I learned about. Geeky Giving at geekygiving.org is raising money for the Barrow Neurological Institute by getting sci-fi writers and artists to create short stories and artwork inspired by the work done at Barrow. In exchange for a small donation, you receive periodic bundles of stories. Uh, they just published their first bundle with stories by Mary Robinette Kowal, Karina Cooper, Edward Ashton, and Sierra Dean. I love it when things I love, sci-fi, can support not-for-profit organizations. Thanks. This is really cool. I want a nice uh, collection of authors for that bundle. I might have to check this out. I agree. I've never heard of geeky giving before, surprisingly, um, but it seems like a great way to to raise money for a great cause and also get some short stories in return that maybe you can't get anywhere else, which is yeah. amazing. Thanks for sending that, Mitchell. Uh, also, we have found over the years that Sword and Laser seems to be pretty good at helping people find stuff to read. That's kind of one of the reasons we exist. Uh, so happy to see Ryan starting a thread on Goodreads saying, I'm running low on culture novels to read. I would like some recommendations for genuinely utopian science fiction novels. And I'm not talking false utopias or <laughs> dystopias disguised as utopias, but genuinely utopian science fiction. Like it's the opposite of grimdark for science fiction. Like, no, I want I want things to be working well. It's kind so of what Star Trek: The Next Generation was, actually. Yeah, yeah, you could call. Hmm, it does. I I think people would argue with that a little well, bit. Well, but, but the reason overall, I say that is Roddenberry's directive in Next Generation was the humans can't have conflict. Humans have achieved utopia. So if you have conflict, it has to come from somewhere else. So it doesn't mean that mm. everything always went perfectly for the enterprise. It was the culture they came from was a utopian society. No money, no lack of food, no poverty, et cetera. You know, I, I think I knew that, but that's the first time I've really thought about that. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's that one of the reasons they had some of the greatest stories is the writers were, you know, and it's like, well, usually we just have like somebody fall in love and have a love triangle and have them have a fight. And Gene won't let us do that. So we got to figure out some <laughs> other way. <laughs> uh, TRP says, I think uh, there are elements of a technological utopia in Peter F. Hamilton's books. Mm. His Commonwealth mm -hmm. and Mindstar series of books do seem to show a positive technological future, even if there were some pretty terrible things that happen in them. And then Trike says, is there such thing as a utopia in fiction? A true utopia, by definition, has no conflict, which doesn't leave much room for story. Hmm. Uh, I just told you about the next generation getting around You that, did. So there you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> right, did you just I told you so to Trike? Uh, no, definitely not. It's a good point. You just, well, actually Trike It's a, a fair bit. point. Um, no, I didn't well, actually. I just realized that I'd already addressed that, and then I didn't know what else to say. Yeah. Um, so some still some good suggestions, though. Uh, William says if you're looking for a classic, then you could try Men Like Gods by H.G. Wells. Uh, Glass House by Charles Strauss, according to Aaron, uh, reminded me of some aspects of the culture setting. It's post-utopian, but many of the utopia leftovers are still in place. What is uh, post-utopian? I think, I think what he means, and I haven't read the book, but I'm, what I'm guessing is there was a utopia and then it fell apart and the book takes place after the utopia fell apart. So then it's just like now ish, <laughs> not quite dystopian, not utopian, just like, yeah, we're all right. Well, it, it isn't necessarily like, I don't think we've ever had a utopia. So it's not like now, now. 
That would be just more depressing because you would know how utopian everything was. Yeah, lost I it. know. Uh, Men Like Gods by H.G. Wells, William recommends. Said that. I said did that you? Did you say that? I didn't hear sure, you say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sure was still did. feeling bad about what I said. About, about well, actually. Yeah. Trike. You just made me regret everything. <laughs> oh, don't regret everything. It's okay. You can have an op- you can have thoughts and opinions and feelings that that don't necessarily align with those of our listeners. It's okay. Oh, wow. Rick went deep. Uh Moore's Utopia by Thomas Moore from the Gutenberg project. Oh. St. Thomas Moore. So it's <laughs> that old. Deep, deep. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, yeah, for sending Yeah, keep the suggestions stuff in. coming. Absolutely. All right. Now it's time for the book of the mus, 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 the book of the month discussion. How's that hot toddy working out for me? Pretty good, apparently. So if uh, Veronica stays awake for the rest of the show, we will wrap up <laughs> Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Uh, but so those of you who don't want to be spoiled uh, can get all of the important information. Let's kick off All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. I'm so excited to read this. I am excited as well. I have already read it, um, but I read a beta version of ah, it. Okay. Um, so I, I do want to know like if anything's changed. I'm going to listen to the audiobook this time, though. Yeah, the people are talking about that on Goodreads. Uh, it's got a different kind of narrator, apparently, and some people are into it, some people aren't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm read, actually reading it on pages, on paper. Well, how, how did that come about? Because we got the review copy in the Sword and Laser mailbox, and it's so nice. It's like a hardback, real book object oh, thing. So I'm, I'm like, jealous. I'm going to do that. I'm going to read the thing and I'm doing that and it's fun. I haven't read an actual paper book in a while now. I, I, I realized that's very convenient that you got the review copy and we're reading it. I don't know if that's ever happened before. Uh, radiance. We had the review copy, but I still listen to the audio book for some reason. That's right. That's right. That's right. We got to start giving some of these away. I know I have some thoughts on that. We'll talk about offline. So I said, uh, when I initially read it, um, I, I blurbed it actually. And I said something along the lines that it was a, it's, it's like a true love story, uh, to San Francisco. And it really takes place in two different areas that I am very connected with, uh, which are San Francisco and Boston. And also it is both a sci-fi and a fantasy book. So it's kind of the perfect book for me in a way, um, and I really hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, Charlie Jane is a fantastic author, and you know this being her first novel, it's it's doing very well, and and that's exciting. And yeah, she's such a talent. I'm I'm just I, I'm really excited for her, and I'm really excited about this book, and I, I can't wait to see what you all out there think of it. Uh, if if you're like, wait, who's this Charlie Jane Anders? Uh, she has written for io9, uh, probably the most common way people in our audience might have run across her. In fact, she took over as editor-in-chief uh, after Annalie Newitz moved over to Gizmodo a while back. Um, they've now changed how they're doing things there, so I'm not sure if she's technically still editor-in-chief. Uh, but she co-founded Other Magazine with Annalie Newitz, uh, which is a magazine of pop culture and politics for the new outcasts, uh, received the Lambda Literary Award for her work in the transgender category uh, in 2009, got the Emperor Norton Award. Her 2011 mm-hmm. novelette Six Month, Three Days won the 2012 Hugo Award and a television adaptation of Six Months, Three Days is apparently being prepared for NBC. Didn't we talk about that? I feel like that was a quick burn a long time ago. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it must have been. 
And also she organizes a an event called Writers with Drinks here in San Francisco that I took part in, um, which is a lot of fun. It's at, at this venue called The Makeout Room. Uh, and writers get up and read their work and uh, everybody's drunk. So yeah. also perfect. There's a me. chapter in L.A., which unfortunately is not run by Charlie Jane, but um, it's 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 caught on as a thing. Uh, first, if you're wondering, like, well, OK, what's this book about swords, lasers? What the hell? Uh, All the Birds in the Sky is the story of a relationship between a witch named Patricia and a mad scientist named Lawrence. Uh, it starts off in the Boston area when they're young. Uh, and I don't know where it goes from then because I haven't gotten that far. Uh, but I, obviously it, it does wind its way through San Francisco. And uh, Charlie Jane describes it as a book about friendship, love, misunderstandings, and the power of whiskey and hot chocolate. Ah, oh, so good. Uh, yeah, it's very cleverly things. written. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of great aspects to it. One of the things that uh, I just want to make readers aware of is that the writing style changes throughout the book. So when Lawrence and Patricia are younger, the writing style is a little more simplistic because it's writing about and kind of for children. And then as they mature, the writing style matures. So if you start reading or listening to the book and you're like, wow, this is really, this is, you know, pretty easy go and this is pretty simplistic, just, you know, stick with it. It gets, it gets more adult as it goes on. Well, yeah, I, I, I had that impression was like, oh, is this YA? I didn't realize it was it was actually young adult because it is being written that way at the beginning. And and it, I'm already far enough in that I've started to see the style mature. And it's it's so cool because you feel like you're maturing along with them a little more because of that. A very, a very different thing that I don't remember having really seen before. Um, so I think that was pretty cool, but it might, I, I just didn't want it to turn people off. Yeah, yeah. You know, for reasons no that weren't it. the right reasons. Yeah, I guess. Um, so yeah, to, you know, read along with us. Uh, it's going to be the March pick. And, you know, we were also talking, uh, Rob emailed me, Robert Reader emailed me to remind me that we had said something about doing a March madness bracket for, I guess the April pick. How, how do we do this? So, We'll, we'll put our heads together, but the idea would be to find something where people could easily vote. And we could do it ourselves with the Goodreads voting or something like that. That might work. Uh, and But we create brackets. So we come up with, uh, you know, a list of, of books. Of 16 and, books. And then you put, yeah, maybe 16. That's probably a, a reasonable number. And then you put them up against each other. And you have a limited period of voting for each one. And then the winner of each vote moves on in the bracket to face off the next one until you end up with only two books that have been voted through all the way, and then we pick a winner. I like that idea. There's got to be a web app for that. There has to be. Yeah, I feel like there there is. Again, we could we could totally do it ourselves uh, on Goodreads, but it would be nice to have something that take like lets you make your own brackets for things. So we'll check. We'll we'll keep an eye out. I'm learning JavaScript. That sounds like an you could just code it situation. Then. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'll just do yeah. that. Just whip okay. that up in your spare time. That'd be awesome. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> All right, should we uh, jump into the wrap up of Sword of Shannara? Yes, we are about to get spoilery, folks. So if you don't want to be spoiled, don't forget to support us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash/swordandlaser. You guys are awesome. Thank you. We now spoil Sword of Shannara by Terry Brooks. Okay. The big controversy over this book has been, is it too close to the Lord of the Rings? And we've talked about that quite a bit already on the show, but we got a great email from Vicky. I kind of want to make this 
the last bit of discussion, not necessarily the last word, but this this kind of our last bit of discussion about that aspect of it here. Uh, Vicky said, I was listening to your discussion and I'm surprised you didn't bring up the following Terry Pratchett quote regarding Tolkien and fantasy. Why are you surprised, Vicky? I like I like the assumption that we just know all the things <laughs> that Terry Pratchett has ever said and could just call them forth from the top of our heads at any given moment. I'm not surprised <laughs> that we didn't know it, uh, but th- I like that Vicky was surprised and had that much faith in us, but I'm really happy that Vicky sent us this. Uh, here's the quote. J.R.R. Tolkien has become a sort of mountain appearing in all subsequent fantasy in the way that Mount Fuji appears so often in Japanese prints. Sometimes it's big and up close. Sometimes it's a shape on the horizon. Sometimes it's not there at all, which means that the artist either has made a deliberate decision against the mountain, which is interesting in itself, or Mm. is in fact standing on Mount Fuji. Terry Pratchett's Slip of the Keyboard Collected Nonfiction, page 112. Good citation. (laughs) Uh, Vicky said, it has really helped give me perspective when I think a book is too much like Lord of the Rings. We frequently forget how huge Lord of the Rings is in shaping all subsequent fantasy. I think that's a beautiful thing to say. I really do. And I think it works across so many different things also. I mean, it can be referenced in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, And now it is something that I will remember to say in these kinds of discussions. So I'm glad I know it. Thank you, Vicky. Yeah, well done, uh, Vicky. Appreciate that. I feel like having finished the book now that there were parts where I felt, oh gosh, really? They're 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 bringing a, a a thing to bang down the door. Like I see the Lord of the Rings movie right now, even though I'm being described in a different place. That was a little too close for me. There are a couple of points like that here and there, but for the most part, I felt like it was different, uh, and and different enough that. I didn't feel like I was being ripped off. I felt like I was being told a fantasy story that follows the tropes that Lord of the Rings followed. Uh, And I could definitely see Brooks departing more and more from that scaffolding, uh, whether it was directly from Lord of the Rings or the same just kind of journey story, uh, as he got towards the end, he he departed more and more. And I think that's why people love Elfstones of Shannara so much is that you could you could feel him finally jumping free and saying at the end, no, I'm not going to send Frodo off, you know, to the Grey Havens. I'm not going to have the Hobbit uh, Hobbiton be burned. I've got a different plan in mind for these guys, and it's going to be in my next book. Yeah, I I do agree with you. Um, so 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 you finished it, huh? Yeah. You, you finished the finished the book. I did. Why? Why do you ask? Um, Did you not finish the book? I didn't finish the book. Why didn't you finish the book? I didn't finish the book. First of all, I commend you for being honest and not Mary and Zimmer Bradleying like I did when I hadn't actually finished (laughs) Mist of Avalon yet and we did the wrap-up episode. Did I catch you live on the show with that? No, you did it. It was later. No, I I just admitted it later. And I did end up finishing the book. But anyway, um, no, I commend you for your honesty, but, but... but is there, I mean, is it, did you just run out of time? What, what's the deal? It was a little bit of column A, a little bit of column, just couldn't get through it. So um, you got bogged down. Where did you get bogged down? I'm curious. Cause there was a part where I started to, to slow a little on it. It was basically when Shay has gotten lost. Ah, so I'm still around 40%. Did you I meet still... the thief yet? Nope. Ah, yeah. Okay. There are two parts actually where I could understand. One is that part. Uh, there's another part where 
the, he's starting to describe a battle. Not, mm-hmm. And you've seen one battle, but not the second one. Oh, uh, I've read the whole plot, by the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's, you can there, spoil me. There's the battle in the city that started to drag for me a little, but maybe that may just be a personal thing because I don't like battles. So, uh, whew, yeah, no, that's really early. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know if it's just a, there's too much going on it's a big life-wise right now. It, yeah. it just, I felt like I wasn't making any progress. Um, and honestly, I don't know if I'm going to go back to it. I don't know if I'm going to pull a mists and finish it later. I just, I'm not feeling, and I, 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 I can feel a thousand voices in the forum screaming in unison, we told you so. <laughs> and there's we another thousand saying, you. keep going, keep going. Yeah, because this has been a very divisive book, as most of them are. Yeah. So, Well, are you listening to the audiobook or are you reading it? Reading. I have to say, I did the audiobook for this and I'm glad I did, which I'm, I normally do the audiobooks. I did put it on 2X, though. Really? 2X? I, I normally don't speed up my audiobooks. I speed up my podcast all the time, but I never speed up my audiobooks. I felt myself lagging behind. I was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this if I keep it 1X. Uh, and partly because it was long. This is a really long book. Goodness. 2X. I've never done a 2X before. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I am impressed. Half the um, time. Turns a 26-hour book into a 13-hour book. But you know, I didn't... I feel very much the same way you did about the similarities between Lord of the Rings and mm-hmm. and though while I was listen while I was reading and I was in the they were you know in Par- Paranor and they were in you know having the fight scenes with the skull bearers and is that the name of what they called is that the name of what they called that wasn't even a sentence something like those words except in maybe different order maybe skull bearers skull bearers um, so while they're fighting with them, I was like, oh, this feels like the Balrog scene. This is the Balrog. It feels like it's basically mm-hmm. Gandalf fighting the Balrog. Sure. Um, and so that was a little problematic for me. And then I just, I, I just couldn't keep going. Like the tension wasn't there for me. There just wasn't, I didn't feel connected mm-hmm. to the characters in the way I wanted to. There were just too many of them. I just, I don't know what it was. I think I, I'm I sorry. Really do, I feel like maybe not, I didn't give it enough of a shake. I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like he brings it back around, especially regarding Shay, uh, because he he meets some different people that are definitely not analogs, at least as far as I'm concerned, not analogs right. of anything in, in another book. Uh, and I think he does a better job uh, with Flick uh, and giving him something different to do. And they are separated. It's not Sam and Frodo up, up till the end, uh, but it does take a while to get back to that point. So I was, I, I was would happy encourage to hear you to try to go back, but yeah, maybe I was happy to hear a woman shows up, uh, towards, towards the middle end ish mm-hmm. portion. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. nice. Nice that a lady decided to, uh, be present Make an appearance yeah. in the book. Not sure. Like they, didn't even, they didn't even the have a mom. Test. They like, they did not even have a mom. Like the mom is not even in the village. There was like not even any kind of female presence in their life. Yeah, that's true. So I know that changes in Elfstones as well. Sure. But. A lot, and 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 those of you saying we should have read Elfstones, it just isn't the way this book club works to jump in in the middle of a series usually. I mean, we can always make exceptions, but we wanted to read the first book in the series for just this reason. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. So they kill off Hendel like he hadn't been through enough. Yeah, but like the way he that. gets killed is awesome. 
It's a, a it's a meaningful death. Yeah, he kills. I mean, not that I wanted him to get killed. But. It's during the siege of Tirsus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's good. But he already like gave up himself in the first half of the book. So that felt now that feels meaningless. Yeah. You know, you everybody makes it through in Lord of the Rings. So there you go. Another difference. Mm. Okay. Okay. Like we have some stakes here. We, you know, people can die. You know what this makes me feel like? This makes me feel like Walking Dead TV show versus comic book and in, in another situation. Anyway, not going to get mm. into that. We mm-hmm. can talk about that off show. We'll talk about show. that off show. Yeah. Well, okay. Sort of Shannara, even if you didn't like it, I think was a very good pick for the very reason of like, I was curious to find out what's all the hubbub about that. You know, that's part of what we do here is pick things that are interesting to read so that we can mm-hmm. discover new aspects on science fiction and fantasy. So and have a conversation about yeah. it. it was, this you was know, a very was, good conversation to have. It was. And now I know that amazing quote that Vicky sent us, which yeah, I think exactly. will make my life, my life better. Done. Well, thanks for uh, listening, guys. So, yeah, Pick Up All the Birds in the Sky by Charlie Jane Anders. That is going to be our March pick. Uh, back to a regular length month. Oh, that was another thing we picked. Yeah, it was a short month. A long-ass book for the shortest month. <laughs> Maybe so. that wasn't so good. I don't know. So that didn't help at all. Um, so I guess that about wraps up this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, next week we're going to have author J.F. Dubow on the show to talk about The Life Engineered. Um, so stay tuned for that. And, of course, our show is entirely Wait, whoa, funded. Whoa, hold on. What? I just, what I happened? just remembered when you what? said uh, J.F. Dubow, <gasps> we have copies of Life Engineered to give That's away. That's right. You said you had an idea about how I you have wanted to do idea. that. I have an idea. Here's how we're going to do it, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh If you want to be entered to win The Life Engineered by J.F. Dubow, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Sign up and give one penny. I don't care. Uh, Send us a message through there and give us an idea for our monthly silliness show. Now, that's that's a show that we give to a certain level of patrons and then it becomes available to lower level of patrons later. Uh, And it's just Veronica and I goofing around sometimes we're uh doing word association sometimes sometimes we sing silly songs uh give us an idea for how you would like veronica and i to be silly in five minutes uh in and through the messaging system at patreon.com slash sword and laser um if you have if you're like i cannot sign up for sword and laser patreon.com slash sword and laser email us and let us know but we really want you to do it through the patreon system uh you can send us feedback at sword and laser.com if you're a special case that's fine You'll, we'll, we'll still put you in the drawing. Um, but uh, we want your ideas for that. And then we will draw, I think th- we got three books because uh, I'm mm. going to give a couple away at South by Southwest too. So uh, we will draw three people at random out of the people who send us suggestions. Awesome. That's a, that's a very thought out giveaway process. Yeah, I thought like of it, it in the shower. Good. I do want my best thinking there too. Um, so yes, patreon.com slash sword and laser. That is how you support the show. Thank you. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Uh, we have links to the books we talk about on some of the shows, some of our favorite books. Uh, if you're just looking for a good book to read and you don't have an idea, go to swordandlaser.com slash picks, click on the link and buy a book. We get a cut, helps the show. There's also an Amazon banner there. If you're going to buy anything on Amazon, if you click on that link and buy something, helps the show. 
Absolutely. Feedback at swordandlaser.com is how you get in touch with us. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7sword6. Leave us a review on iTunes. Tell us what you thought of the Sword of Shannara. Uh, we will see your reviews. We love seeing them. Five stars. Helps us every time to reach new people and to get the name out. So thank you. We'll see you next time. Review us on iTunes. Bye. Bye. Like you're there!